Hello everyone, welcome to episode 17 of the iSphere podcast. Um, happy to see you all here. <laughs> all right, what I'm are we talking Joy about? and this is... Hi, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, I was getting lag there, I was looking at oh, the thing, right, it okay. was loading. So I was... <laughs> <laughs> no, My Discord fine. was like, a weird thing came up, like it wasn't working. Anyway. We'll, we'll get our timings down one day. Uh, what are we talking about this week, Joy? We've not done a pol- politics session in a wee while. We have because we've been recovering from the Queen's death, which I think kind of <laughs> wiped us out. I mean, I still look at my activity feed on Tumblr and there's this massive spike that's still yep. there and that's literally <laughs> the Queen's death. And I'm like, cool. Uh, but yeah, politics this week. There's been a lot happening in the UK and a lot over here in the US. Um I think so do I start with the most... US? Yeah, the sure. thing I've seen most people talking about is a Dark Brandon strike again. <laughs> uh, we, he's moving to decriminalise uh, marijuana possession and he's pardoning mm. the people that are currently affected. I think it's in, is it just Washington or is it universally? Yeah, I thought it was um, a federal thing, no? Let's see, I don't remember. I remember seeing someone saying it was only in Washington, but that seems fake. So no, I'm going was... to look that up again. Yeah, it's like 6,000 total people are being mm-hmm. pardoned like federally for it. Um, see, see when I joked about a couple of podcasts ago that like someone had changed like Joe Biden's yeah, medicine. Mm-hmm. We now know I what the medicine changes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we now know it's a dark, dark Brandon 420. Um, I thought that was a massive step when when it i is. saw when i saw it him is. when i saw him tweet that um because that's how we get messages from world leaders now we just read their tweets um yeah when i saw him tweet that i was like holy shit that's like massive for like the white house it's a huge step forward like mm-hmm. um because um. obviously me kind of like looking at it from more of the outside is that like obviously it's kind of very well known the kind of like war on drugs and you know disproportionately impacting um people of color uh, and you know kind of minority communities in the u.s and while obviously a lot of the kind of marijuana possession charges are at a state level i believe Mm -hmm. um it's still quite a strong opening gambit from biden on that It's, it's almost like a it's like an attitude change that he's kind of sparked. I would, at least I would like to think so. Um, it is it's a huge kind of shift in the the way things are going. And I think a lot of people have been underplaying it. Like, again, like I, I actually went and I was scrolling there to see why I thought it was only Washington. And it was someone replying to something I had reblogged saying, well, it's only Washington, so it doesn't really matter. And that is feels like they're being fed misinformation to downplay what is happening. Um, I also think, is that on Tumblr? It was on Tumblr, yeah. There's there's a particular, uh, to be honest, I actually think it spans all the social media, but I think there is uh, there is this kind of attitude on Tumblr a lot of the time that any sort of progress is like downplayed to shit by people Yeah, it's who, not good enough. Nothing's ever good enough. No, like, nothing is ever good enough, and it's like Obviously, there is this sense of, like, we'd love to make great sweeping changes to the system that we currently have. Um, trying to actually do that, I mean, with a, a country the size, is, like, the size of the US, um, 
which, as we were saying kind of before, is like 50 countries in a fucking it's trench coat anyway. It's 50 countries in a trench coat pretending to be one country and they're all fighting each other and, to like, get to the top of the trench coat. Yeah, I mean, to try and steer that ship is fucking hard. So, like, even gradually, um, it's quite... Like, I, I think it's quite a big thing to kind of come out of it. And I'll, I'll be interested to see how maybe more Democrat states will react to that as well. Because, mm-hmm. like, now, like, now that's been laid out federally, it kind of does open the door for individual states to go, well, actually, we're going to clear those. Of course, then you've got kind of individual lobbying per state that might come into play. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I don't really know yeah too much about that but uh yes neither do i to be honest <laughs> i know i live here but i'm not eligible to vote um i'm not a citizen yet um so uh, there's a lot of things that could have passed me by a little bit that i'm mm. um, should be more aware of but because i'm i'm i stay more chained up on uk politics because i'm still able to vote there whereas over yeah. here i'm just kind of i feel like i'm still being carried along because i'm missing that fundamental Right, I feel like I was able. If I was able to be more involved with it, I would be more knowledgeable in certain things. But I tend to yeah. this incredibly nineteen fifties of me. I tend to defer to what like Mothman does because my spouse and everything else, and he votes. Mm. Um, so I tend to ask him questions, and then he clarifies for me. And then that's kind of like because it is very different as well from the politics I grew up with. Yeah. Um, I would like yeah. every every time I try and clue myself into kind of a more local level of American politics, I get completely lost. I tried to, I was yeah. like, it was on Twitter and I saw, so there's one guy called John Fetterman, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he's going for a Democrat for the Senate or something like that. And there's this other guy called something Oz or whatever. And they're, they're basically head to head. Maybe Ari Wizard in, in the in the chat's already saying that's my state. Maybe you will be able to clarify fucking something here. Help us all, understand. Oz <laughs> maybe. All all I saw was the guy Fetterman going, This guy Oz kills puppies. And that was like a, a fucking a, like a proper campaign like advert was that this guy kills puppies. I was like What? what? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, let's see how American politics is doing. Oh, okay. Um so it was I love Dr. when you type in John Fetterman, the first result is John Fetterman height and then John Fetterman wife. <laughs> so that's that's what Google is recommending I look up. Apparently he's very, very tall. So, yeah, he seems... Um, I, I don't know, he, he seems like an alright guy. <laughs> yeah, from, um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know much about him, to be honest, but uh, from he, he does seem to be kind of... Uh, I'm not sure if he's going up against the kind of incumbent or if he's trying to... I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Enough. All I've seen is some, like, yeah. he, his rival kills puppies drama. I mean, um, to be fair, it's Dr. Oz, and as people are saying in the chat, Dr. Oz is a terrible human being. Um, basically a kind of pseudo-fake science doctor who got famous from Oprah Winfrey and a bunch of other talk shows and now just pedals that kind of... Um, you know the buy my supplement type deal buy my pseudoscience do this mm. you know it's very kind of he's not a good person from what I've from what I've seen of him um, 
Sorry, just to clarify, this boy is six foot eight. <laughs> yeah, he's a big guy. I, 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 I hit Google and I was like, wow, his wife's really short. No, he's really tall. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, that's funny. But yeah, it's, it's interesting seeing the kind of... Like, I think from an outsider perspective again he those two going head to head have been the ones that i've heard the most about i'm not sure if it's just people in my circle are also quite into it but uh, yeah. it does look like those two button heads is quite a decisive kind of thing because i think he's quite progressive as well um mm-hmm. the guy fetterman um at least that's how it kind of comes across um and yeah the guy owes everything i've seen of him is like you know when someone's had very heavy plastic surgery and they've just yes. got that like Simon Cowell kind of look. Slightly too fake, yes. Just, yeah, yeah, just a bit. Like, I feel like that's, um, like, that. that's all I've seen of the guy Oz. He's <laughs> got that kind of very fake smile that a lot of UK people we think of when we think of American smiles, we think of that kind of, the, the kind of the perfect to us, it looks kind of weird, like the perfect rows of teeth and the perfect whiteness. Because they're all the same not... height. Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, so they're probably all veneers, which again, no shame to anybody that has all those things, but it just doesn't add to his whole... Um, he just doesn't look like a... He looks like a an, an evil Muppet. He looks like a welly <laughs> boot that kind of melted a wee bit and is just a persona of walking <laughs> pseudoscience, unfortunately. It's kind but, of like um, the... It's like the uh, Tom Cruise, that kind of smile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Friend- kind of friendliness, but yeah. nothing behind the eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, like, sorry, back to the Biden thing on the the weed front. I think it's important for people who are online, <laughs> terminally online, to also take sometimes come up for air a little bit. Um, yeah. Not everything is doom and gloom. Sometimes things are just a bit slow um and you know the 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 pathway for maybe other states to start to adopt more of a um progressive policy towards like marijuana possessions quite good i would say um yeah i mean it, to me it's um it shows people's inexperience with politics more than anything else and mm. um, when people are complaining that things aren't happening fast enough or the gestures aren't big enough I, I look at that and I see it's it's just inexperience with the system and it's it comes from a place of understandable frustration, but there's also not the life experience either you know with the politics in general or being active on campaigns or anything like that because I I've been we've talked about it before I've been part of a politically active household since I was knee high, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's really strange to see people talking about how, oh, well, it's not immediate change or, oh, this isn't enough. And I'm going, every inch of victory you win is a huge deal. Like, again, yeah. talking about, you know, um, weed being decriminalised over here. It was that kind of... It, there was a comment I saw that someone said, well, it only affects 6,000 people in jail. That's not enough. And it's going, it matters to those 6,000 people. And if yeah. it was only one person, it would still matter. You know, you can't turn around and say that, you know, 6,000 people getting out of jail means nothing. It means everything to those people and their families. And also the fact that, you know, a lot of these things being, you know, the the people that have been convicted before, they can't get jobs. They can't get housing. They can't get food benefits. That will change because of this. And that's huge. 
And I'm right you in know. saying that you also can't do you can't do anything against a presidential pardon, can you? That's why they're so like highly coveted. Like it can't be petitioned against, or I don't think there's anything that like the Republicans could bring to the party here and say, no, we mm-hmm. we want to like veto that. Um so I think that's like that's another another big thing. And as people are mentioning in chat, it does set a pretty massive precedent going forward. Mm-hmm. Um that uh you know, a pro- a progressive um governor or whoever of a of a state could really make a name for them for themselves kind of doing the same thing. Um so yeah, that's that's interesting. And I'm sorry, I noticed that Tree posted something as well. We might as well on the on the topic of yeah. of American politics. Uh, apparently Kanye West is having an absolute fucking doozy. Um like I, I can't uh. say I've ever really thought much of the guy. Um but apparently he's now being like wildly anti Semitic. Yeah. Um I feel I feel conflicted talking about him just because of his history with mental illness. But again, yeah. there's only so much mental illness can excuse. Um, yeah. And you, and you know, it's it's one of those things where it's you know where can you turn around and say, well, this is because of a manic episode? I think some things can be, but I think you still have to be held accountable for what you do to some degree during those episodes. And it is the the anti the anti-Semitism is just kind of indicative of other problems that have been going on behind the scenes i think yeah um i mean and he's also apparently been banned from twitter um and as also as evan tropey says i'm bipolar and i'm not anti-semitic which yep fair point it's just one of those things that when you talk about it publicly it's kind of it's difficult because you will get some people saying well they're mentally ill and i'm going yeah me too (laughs) yeah you know and if i say something bad i want to be held accountable for it because when i'm not having uh, you know, a deranged moment, then I want to be held accountable for the things that I said when I wasn't quite myself because it still came out of my mouth, you know? Yeah. Um, and from your perspective there, like, where, where, where can the line be drawn if someone who maybe does have, um, you know, those kind of mental health issues? Because um, I think there's, there's always been a big thing made about him kind of refusing medication on the grounds that it interferes with his creativity and like you know if if you refuse medication and then you know potentially cause you know he's he's got a massive platform as well so his anti-semitism i'm not saying that it has or it will but it could inspire you know anti-semitic violence or anything like that it's, and it definitely could. I mean, with a, a platform large enough, it definitely you know you have to, yeah. you know, even with my my platform is microscopic compared to his, but I'm still aware all the time that if you know if I even if I use a term that I shouldn't, if I even if I'm not aware of it, yeah. I want to be told and told to correct it, and so I can apologize and say, oh sorry, I wasn't aware of that. Let me change that, and I will internalize that change. Yeah. Um. And I think if you refuse to do that, then I think there is some allowance for the gloves to come off a little bit because yeah. again, having mental health issues does not excuse being a dick. You know, it's not yeah. a free for all for being a bad person. Um, I think like it's interesting because it, it probably does have some touch points with what we'll talk about later on with the try guys. Yeah. But like, I think it's interesting when like, 
it's not that Kanye has not wanted a platform. And I think that's the thing with a lot of celebrities when they end up having um, potential issues when it comes to actually being famous, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, there's there's all that and they go, oh, I never wanted this burden. But it's like, yeah, but you kind of got all of the benefits yeah. like, on the way. Um, it's why, like, I, I don't feel particularly sad when people who are unimaginably wealthy have these kind of almost trivial problems in the eyes of your ordinary person like Mm -hmm. i'm I'm not meaning trivial in a in a bad way there i'm just saying that like the they would be ignored if it was anyone else with those problems or they would be treated differently with people like with people with those same issues um you know like what you know, if, if I go out and get drunk or if I'm on drugs or whatever and I end up doing something stupid in Falkirk Town Centre, um, I'll probably be dealt with more harshly than them kind of, you know, feeling pressured to go on a on a rager and put themselves in a vulnerable position and yeah. then you've got all the media attention afterwards. It's like, well, yeah, but you get I mean, to go it, it, br- it brings you back to the, the, you know, a lot of things are... You know, fines are just for the wealthy to get yeah. away with crime because they can afford to pay the fines. Whereas you or I, if we got a fine for something, that would be, you know, it could bankrupt us. You know, it yeah. could be the same as getting a, a harsher sentence of prison time. Um, whereas a lot of wealthier people have the choice to a seek better help for things, yeah, um, and but also to step away because what you know. I hear a lot of them going, well, I, I can't, this is how I make my money. I can't step away. And I'm going, you are a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can, you can have away. a breather. <laughs> and that's a good point is from Kata in chat is running your own Twitter account with millions of followers is a choice, right? Yeah. Like at any point in time, um, I could just abandon I for Scotland on Tumblr if I wanted to, if I really wanted to, um, you'd probably have to cut me away from it, but, you know, it's like it's a it's a choice at the end of the day that like I return and post, right? Yeah. Same same with anything, and I could I could say I'm never streaming again, and I I could disappear into the ether. Um, but yeah, I just I find it I find it weird that a lot of people do need to kind of like log off. And it's also interesting, maybe when we get onto UK politics, there's maybe some um some highly renowned uh, infamous authors that could do with logging off um, mm-hmm. forever <laughs> ideally team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah I think I, I don't know I just sometimes I find it really hard for me to conjure up sympathy for people who have that unimaginable wealth and I do understand that with that wealth probably comes a whole host of like mental pressures and challenges yeah. that i can't comprehend but at the same time you know there's there's heaps of benefits so when i see that one of the kardashians has been cheated on and there's all this drama around it i kind of go eh, it could, I mean, could happen to anyone else you know yeah it could ha- it happens to everyone else all the time the only reason we're hearing about you is because of your wealth that's mm-hmm. it um and it's it's that kind of the whole well i didn't ask to have the spotlight on me okay step away yeah reject the brand deals do all the rest of it 
because um, um, that's something that I, you know, I struggle a lot with my, it's no secret that I have been overwhelmed with everything. Um, it's really funny to me because I didn't really realise I had ADHD until my blog got popular. And the sudden influx of attention and messages and emails I was getting made it impossible for me to cope. And I was just kind of like, what is happening? Why can't I you know, manage this? And um, I was talking about it and they're like, oh, it sounds like you have ADHD. And that, 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 that is fully what got me evaluated. It wasn't any of the stuff I struggled with in school or any of these things. It was literally the attention I was getting from Tumblr because of crucifix nail nipples. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> It, it's it's a post that you know i realized this morning i could turn off reblogs in that post i had that thought and i was like i could have peace but then mm. i'm going but yeah but it doesn't really affect my life that negatively anymore but do you there want wasn't, peace there... <laughs> <laughs> i want problems all the time <laughs> no uh there was a time when i would have loved to turn that post off yeah. um but now i just kind of it just kind of glides over me i think because i've become desensitized to it a little bit but um i also have better coping mechanisms in place i don't feel you know i've done a lot of therapy over the last few years where i feel that i can step away from my platform minuscule as it is compared to some of these people and i for me it will be to the detriment of my career because a lot of my stuff is built on my social media presence but you know i understand that that is a choice i can make for my mental health and everything else and yeah. it's you know it's that kind of I look at other people that are saying, oh, I never asked for this. I'm going, you, yeah, but you, you can handle it. You can disengage. You yeah. can hand things to PR staff. You can live a private life if you want to. I mean, like, but I think that doesn't that's... make you a billionaire if you do that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one thing when it, when it does come to like Kanye West, I'm pretty sure if Kanye had posted, um, hi guys, I need a break for a bit. Like, yeah. un unless, un unless I don't know anything about people who really are into like Kanye West. I've got, I've got no idea what that community of fans is like, but I would find it really hard to admit that people wouldn't be like, oh yeah, we want you to be at your best. I mean, I think the majority of people want the best out of people they support. Like whenever you have an off day or whenever I have an off day, you mm -hmm. know, I, like we, we can just, and again, I know that we can't really compare ourselves, but like, are you seriously telling me the majority of people wouldn't have just like wished them well and hoped they got yeah. feeling better soon? It it does seem a bit strange. For the few people that he the, for the few people that would be lost because of that, they would still have millions of people following them and keeping their career afloat. Yeah, you know, there's no reason for them to not step away. It's just the fact that I I honestly think a part, a huge part of it as well that I recognize with my own mental health is that even negative attention can feed the beast. Um, it was a, a thing I've had to learn again with my ADHD. I had to learn that negative feedback was still giving me stimuli. So I would still seek that out because that was a form of stimuli that my brain was otherwise lacking. And I had to learn to not engage with negative feedback because it's not good for me. You know, yeah. it was a very, you know, I don't read my reviews unless I get specifically tagged in something. And even then someone else reads it before I view it so that I know what it is. Um, because I don't, you know, for several reasons, A, I, if someone has a, like a head cannon or something, I don't want to read that and then go, shit, I can't use that plot point anymore because this person has said this and it, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But I also like, 
with negative ones, my I know my brain, my brain is a bastard. It will just focus <laughs> on the one negative thing and go, yep. well, see, the 500 other positive reviews don't mean anything because you got this one person making a very, you know, it can be valid or it cannot be, but my brain will focus on it. And for me personally, it was a, it was good for my mental health to disengage from that because even looking at the, the positive reviews, I can get overwhelmed because it's just so much feedback for me. And I can't imagine what it's like on a larger scale where it is on the level of like the Kardashians. But at the same time, they can afford PR. They can afford to not engage with it themselves. Um, their personality and their presence is part of their income. Why would you not hire those things out if you have the means to? Yeah. You know, they've also got the money um, to actually look after them as well. Like yeah, you can get yeah. the, like, you don't, don't get me wrong. I would, I would love to try therapy at some point. <laughs> I would also love to be able to afford it. But like, you know, it's, they can like, if you think about, and you know, this isn't a dig at anyone who goes through cosmetic surgery, but if the amount, of, like if they can afford all of the cosmetic surgery that they get, they can obviously afford the like mental health team and the yeah. like the therapy and any sort of like you know it's they're they're not in limbo in regards to um you know getting diagnosed for something mm -hmm. like because they can just pay um so yeah it's, and it's I, think why, a, I think a larger part of it is too is a lot of them may be in therapy but it's not the right therapy yeah because i think when you there's there are some there are good therapists and bad therapists. There will be bad ones who go out of their way to comfort you in everything. Um, similarly, there will be bad ones who make you feel like shit every week. I've had a couple like that. But you need to find someone that will challenge you and also call you on your behaviour. And mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of them... I feel like a, for a lot of them, they're paying for essentially what will be yes-men. Yeah. And that's not what you need from therapy. You need a therapist who will... Hold you accountable to yourself and also go, this is where growth comes from. Um, and it, there's also, like, you know, therapy is messy. You know, I, <laughs> I make no secret about the fact that I, I've done CPT, I've done um, DPT, I've done all sorts of different things. And I've, it is messy. And I, I did CBT for years before I realized it was holding me back because CBT can be re-traumatizing. Re so you don't make the progress you think you're making. Mm -hmm. So if they're just doing one type of therapy, it may not be the right therapy for them. Um, and it's the, it's, I think that it, there is a, a, you know, money can only buy so much, if, but you have to put the work in for certain things, but you also have to have to have the support group as well. Like yeah. the reason I'm able to do the things I do is because my spouse supports me. He helps me through problematic things. And like, you know, um, if my therapist isn't available, I know I have someone I can talk to, some, like with my friends as well. But it's, I feel like too many people are not getting what they need despite having this massive amount of wealth. And it's, it would be interesting to look at why that's happening. Mm. Um, and it's, as Vaith the Spy says, it, Kanye is diagnosed bipolar, but it's clearly struggling despite his money. The the money can only again do so much if you're not surrounded by the right people. Yeah. Um, and as Solosi eighty nine says, American individualism is another huge part of that. It's the kind of you know man is an island type deal that happens a lot more over here. I have seen it in the UK as well, but I feel it's much more prevalent over here that there's this hyper individualistic sense of self, and it's 
it's damaging, I think, to think of yourself as a an entity that's detached from everybody else around you. And it's you have to be aware of your how you are affected by others, but also how you affect them as well. And I think that mm-hmm. may be what is missing for some things. Because I've seen some, you know, there's a lot of like um, Instagram and TikTok therapists. They they come oh, away fuck. with some ta- they come away with some takes that I look at that and I go, I don't think you're a licensed therapist. But then you look them up in your eye and you're going, Jesus wept. But they say <laughs> things that are therapist. like, you know, it's it's very much like, um, you know, your boundaries are this, and if this person does not agree with that, then they are toxic. Well. If your boundary hurts someone else, you know, that's, you also have to take that into consideration. You know, they use yeah. buzzwords and I feel like they use them wrong. And I'm going, if this is indicative of what the rich people have access to, I can see why things go wrong. And it's, it's very kind of, I don't know, it's strange to see that. And um, it was really interesting because I actually introduced my therapist to a lot of social media stuff because she had no clue. Like she had, she had no. I had to explain what Tumblr was to her, and she had to go through the whole. What does it mean to be? You know, How many sessions did that take you? Yeah. And then we've been four years now. And <laughs> I think she's finally getting it. But um, you know, she went on this kind of whole influencer deep dive to try and understand what I was talking about, and she came back from it one week and she went none of those people are okay. <laughs> and she was like, absolutely none of them are okay. And she's like, and the people that follow them around claiming to be therapists, she's going, I would not trust any of them as mm. far as I could throw. Like there was one, there was a, an infamous one to do, um, that was a friend of Shane Dawson. And she's going, that woman should not be saying those things. You know, she was absolutely gobsmacked and horrified by the things Is that, that the cat guy? Saying. Yeah, the, Shane Dawson is the, the cat guy, unfortunately. No so it's the only, I, um, I don't know him by any other thing. But, um, the, the therapist involved with that was quite happy to just say, oh, that person probably has BPD or that person probably has bipolar or that uh, person, you know, just like, very happy to just project that, you know, diagnosis yeah. on these videos based on like, oh, you know, the person doesn't make eye contact, so clearly they're autistic. And it's like, okay, yeah, that that is valid. But also, yeah. um, you don't get to just diagnose people. That is not, you know, you can't just throw that out there after a five minute meeting, you know, and that was the kind of, like a, yeah. It's like a licensed person it seems a bit weird for like for people to be diagnosing folk on social media like yeah. that's I, I i don't know what the legality of that is like imagine if someone watched one of my streams and then came away with a diagnosis for me now don't get me wrong if someone I mean, wants I, to I diagnose me with adhd right now that's <laughs> fine um <laughs> just so long as they can also write me the prescription but like how how, how, that I, I surely would be able to take someone to court if they decided to diagnose Probably. me. Probably. And, uh, yeah, that is that is quite incredible. But, yeah, I, I often wonder if that's what's part of the problem with that kind of the, the rich, you know, upper echelon. I wonder if that's part of the problem, if that's the, the level of therapist they are being introduced to. And yeah. it's the level of therapist that is also clout chasing. That's the only way I can yeah. think of it. I, I wonder if, you know, the people that are therapists to the stars like it, you know it's been well known since the days of like G- like john f kennedy the, the the doctor that was giving him and jackie steroids for certain things was you know a hollywood chaser yeah. you know like it, you know you look and even marilyn uh, monroe's therapist it, you know kind of suspect whether he was involved in making her mental health worse because he wanted to be marilyn monroe's therapist yeah and you know it's like if that's who they're being exposed to no wonder so many of them aren't getting better 
Mm. You know, you'd be better off, you know, putting your fancy sunglasses on and driving down the road to a local clinic to get <laughs> some sort of normal treatment and not somebody that's used to being therapists of the stars. Because if that's that, they, you know, they want to keep you rich and reliant on them. Yeah. You know, it's they, that they, yeah, they want a recurring client. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's uh, that's interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> from from the US side of things, that's a bit of US politics and a bit of celeb news kind of crossing into politics a wee bit, just on the yeah. of um, twenty. Completely derailed within apparently. the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, over over here, um, things are going. They're 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 going. They're going. They're go. They're definitely going. Um, so it's the SNP conference this weekend. Um, yeah, I saw that. And that's already caused a, a wee bit of a stushy, um, just on account of the SNP talking about both Labour and the Tories being shite. Um, one of the things that <laughs> came out of it, and you might have seen, is um, the um, our, our favourite author, um, outside of yourself. Yes, everyone. <laughs> Uh, so J.K. Rowling decided to wear a T-shirt with it said Nick. It was like a dictionary definition um, with IPA on it and everything. Um, but it was it was Nicola Sturgeon, and the definition was destroyer of women's rights. Um, and this is something that um, J.K. Rowling thought it was it was a good thing to one buy and two post a photo of herself wearing it on social media um for everyone to see which to be honest is like it's such a like no offense to anyone who's listening but it's such like a middle-aged thing to do <laughs> it's, it, the only it's, way a very, describe it. it's a very barren thing to do yeah it's a very that's a better way okay of saying boomer it. karen you, I mean, it's just, it, the, when I saw it on Twitter, I was immediately just exhausted. Like, I, I woke up that day, I was quite awake in Perky, and I saw that, and the life drained out of me, because I was like, oh, she's back at it, fantastic. Yeah. But, um, it, so, you know, it's that kind of just exhausted humour, yeah. sort of humour, that you're just kind of going, right, yeah, the, the Nicholas Sturgeon, who has championed so many things for, you know, women's rights and also trans rights and everything else yeah that's that's the the destroyer of women's rights yeah i think like one of the things like for me so like like, let's talk about the t-shirt because the t-shirts uh in itself is insane um actually uh tristan who may still be in chat um made quite a good tiktok about it but it was that t-shirt was is made and kind of published by um the gender critical celebrity called mm-hmm. Posey Parker. Uh, real, oh, is that what it was called? Real name is Kelly G. Keen, who's like okay. like the interesting thing about her is that she's controversial within the transphobe kind of community. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Because she's she's quite overtly white supremacist as well. Um so it's it's just it's really interesting that you've got uh like you've, I mean, J.K. Rowling has been on this insane spiral for like, I think it was like four years ago. She had our, I think, I think they actually even called it a middle-aged moment when she retweeted <laughs> or liked a like a transphobic t- 
tweet or whatever it was. Yeah, and then um, she just came out of the woodwork. And, and, and then, with a full chest, yeah. Yeah, it's not so much been a slippery slope as it has been like one of those drop slides um, yeah. that you get. Um, it's like she grabbed like, a toboggan and just went for it. Just <laughs> It wasn't so much of a slippery slope as, you know, an Olympic sport for her, just to see oh, how fast she could get to the bottom. It's... Um, it is kind of kind of fascinating because like the to, to think that her uh, we've said we've said this a million times but it's like her legacy as an author like who the fuck is going to be introducing their kids to harry potter like no one's going to be going out their way to like i know the, there's the big conversation about separating the art from the artist but like she's turned off so many people to like introducing the books to their kids or yeah. whatever is like you know it's not like i'm gonna ban my kids from reading harry potter but like i'm not gonna be making the introductions I'm it's not, not gonna, gonna i'm not gonna be my way to ever give it to anybody yeah, like, exactly. I'm, i am the book auntie if you have kids i am the aunt that gives them books for everything um and that's, you know, books I will never intentionally give. If they find it in the library or if someone else gives it to them, good. But I will, you know, I will give them someone else. I will give them, you know, Tamara Pierce and Diane Duane. I'll, I will go the other route. I will find other magic schools to recommend yeah. to, you know, my, my nibblings. Um, and it's just <laughs> that kind of... Um, nibblings is the, the gender neutral for niece and nephew, by the way, in case anyone's unaware of that. Oh, is it? But, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. okay. nibbling is the gender neutral for that Fair one. Enough. Um, so it's the it's it's very much like if she just kept her mouth shut, she would have had a lasting career as a beloved UK author. Yeah. But she couldn't do that. Her her need to be transphobic and racist and all the other is this you know that she is all the problematic things she is that was more important to her than having a lasting legacy of you know creating a book series that was very popular at one time. And and that that to be honest, it also it also ties into the kind of Kanye West conversation as well. It's like, just log off, honestly. Like, I'm not joking. Just log off. Um, yeah. Like J.K. Rowling apparently, like I think we we've spoken about this before, but it was like a couple of maybe a month or two ago, she had an article in the Daily Record about her year where she wasn't online, and it's like you've been chronically online. You've for, never left. Oh, you've yeah, you've you've not left. Um which is <laughs> just fascinating really. Um but I think to be honest, it's actually massively backfired. Like I imagine JK Rowling thought that she could be really, really cheeky and have a right good dig at Nicola Sturgeon. And Nicola <laughs> Sturgeon then basically went on and implied that JK Rowling's not a real feminist. Because it's like there is actual real issues facing women. And like, there's, I think from a, I think there's actually two. So the, like Nicola Sturgeon obviously was being interviewed about that. And to be honest, this might actually be a good thing to talk about John Stewart as well. Um, have you seen mm -hmm. John Stewart's interview? I have n not seen all of it, but yes, I'm aware like, of. I'm aware it, that it exists. <laughs> I, I I I don't know who he speak who he's speaking to, but he absolutely, like skewers her on all the points to the point where there's a, there's a line in the John Stewart interview where he goes well that sounds like an incredibly made up figure <laughs> like yeah. he just outright calls it um, and I think sorry back to uh, Nicola Sturgeon but like her being able to put forward very very plainly that you know there are 
much bigger issues at, at play facing women right now, um, and that there's, um, it's it's like the majority of men who abuse women don't feel the need to change their gender in order to do that. They just do it. Um, yeah. And I think having someone state that plainly now, don't get me wrong, I I, I think that there's there's much more that should have been done earlier to prevent this kind of rise of transphobia across the UK. Um, yes. And I, to be honest, I did find it a little bit weird to see so many people applauding Nicola Sturgeon for just stating what is effectively just the base facts. Um, but it's at the, the same time, yeah. but at the same time, it was getting like critical acclaim from like more progressive English commentators and stuff like that, as if like oh, really, really championing championing trans rights. Where it's like it's actually just been the facts that have been stated forever. Like yeah. this is this is all around the Gender Recognition Act reform, which is making an arduous process uh, less time-consuming and less invasive. And that's all it is really about. And it's just quite strange that it's now morphed into a lot broader kind of like mm-hmm. culture war type thing, um, which is average. But yeah, sorry, the John Stewart interview is, again, him doing the bare minimum and people are... People are annoyed because he is a, a again a white cis man who's stating the arguments that a lot of other people have been making for a long, long time, mm-hmm. um, which I imagine can get super frustrating. But sometimes it is just good to have good to you have need, another voice in the, mix. in the you need people in the majority to also reiterate what you were saying because it shows that your message is reaching the right people. Yeah. Um, and it's, I understand not wanting to give people praise for doing the bare minimum, but at the same time, it, you know, you can't react to it with hostility because then you'll put other people off who are maybe on the fence who could be a good advocate for you yeah. and going, well, look, nobody's being nice about, you know. And, you know, it, I don't like that viewpoint, but I understand where it comes from. The idea yeah. that, well, it's the kind of, you do need to not react with negativity, but you also, you also don't need to be like throwing rose petals at their feet and everything else like that for doing it you know they are doing the the bare minimum but unfortunately the this age we live in the bare minimum is too much for some people um so it's good to recognize when people do do good things but i do think some people go overboard with both the positive and the negative from it um i think you you, you want people you want people to be doing these things yeah i mean i think there's it's almost like two two individual strands you've got you want to celebrate the fact that there are people doing the bare minimum because then you know that the the bare minimum is almost going to become a mainstream thought. Yeah. At the same time, you don't want to overly celebrate someone doing the bare minimum because it's not actually that progressive. It's, again, the bare minimum. Um, I imagine that'll be... <laughs> I wish we could have a chart about... <laughs> we should have a visual <laughs> chart. They're useless for people listening to the podcast. But... We should have we should have a diagram or something on stream, um, but no, I think it's a uh, good and of course, um, you know, the more stuff we hear like that, the better it'll it'll be down the line. Yeah. Um, other things on the UK politics side. I mean, to be honest, 
not that much. Uh, I thought it was funny that the Daily Mail has lost face and less trust. I'm going, how bad <laughs> yeah. does it need to be that the Daily Mail is not siding with the, the Tory Conservative leader? I mean, I that mean, is literally impossible. I don't think it's ever happened before. Yeah, I um, mean, we're heading to, I mean, we're heading to a point where <laughs> Liz Trust might have the the shortest prime ministership in history. You're hoping. I mean, it'd be fucking hilarious to, you know, her to come in, effectively kill the queen, tank the economy, and <laughs> then leave. Like, that Get would into be... into a scandal about whether or not she's wearing an O-ring necklace. That oh, would be... fuck. That Jesus, is the thing. Yeah. I the only thing I've really seen about her online is the fact that she wears a day collar, um, <laughs> which for people who are unaware of um, BDSM etiquette, a day collar is like a subtle collar you use to show that you are owned by someone. Um, and I think it's really telling that she was in an affair with someone who is well known for being. He uses BDSM as an abuse tactic. Um, not going to say the name because he's also litigious. You can say it in the chat if you know, but I'm not going to say it. Um, but it's the kind of I've seen so many people latching onto that instead, um, and <laughs> um, not I've the concept people... of the 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 necklace, but just like this is new as it are. Uh, fuck. Okay, we're getting into the, well, sure. we, can, we can break it down if you want. We can do BDSM etiquette if you want. But uh, fine, let's <laughs> crack on. Hit me up. <laughs> Anything to get away from Liz Truss. <laughs> but I've seen more focus on that stupid necklace of hers than the fact that her policies are so bad that she's like okay let's just hit the reset button and try again like that's yeah. not how this works you don't get to do that i mean um, yeah i mean of course since we've kind of last spoken about it tanked tanked the economy then tried to reverse it meanwhile we're still all in the shit uh, it was very much muddy now i think her approval rating is worse than boris johnson's ever got which should not be and, possible um yeah and quasi quartung the chancellor of the exchequer is i think was negative 71 <laughs> which is <laughs> fucking insane <laughs> um but yeah i think the like what i i i don't know where that where the government kind of goes now like it is it's not there's there's no we're, I feel like we're watching <sighs> Westminster eat itself. We are. I feel and like, we're, like we're in that year where we're literally watching the final vestiges of the empire crumbling. Yeah, Good. and to be honest, I but actually at the same also bad for the people that are still struggling. Yeah, I mean, I also see it for for Labour as well. I mean, Labour in their conference that happened a week or two ago, they have wholly adopted the Tory kind of banner. They they had Union Jacks all over the place. They sang God Save the Queen at the start of conference. Like that stuff's nuts. Like that that's insane. Having like having the Labour Party do that is they are trying to make themselves basically <laughs> square in the yeah. centre right. Enough to pull all the Tory voters across. And you can see it from so their their shadow chancellor who would be the chancellor if uh, if labor were in power B basically said oh one of the the biggest failures of the tory party has been they've not deported enough people they've not they've not been <laughs> yeah i know it's like i twitched when i fucking heard that but it's it's rachel reeves and she's basically saying like one of the 
one of the problems with the the Tory government is that they've mismanaged and not effectively managed the deportations enough. It's like fucking hell. That's one thing that you could see that they have actually put a lot of effort into. You know, it's very like Labour are just waiting to take on what the Tories are doing. And I like, feel like Labour should no longer get to call themselves Labour because they are no longer on the side of the working people. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they've fucking left um, the rail workers high and dry. There's been little to no support for them. Um, you would think that, wouldn't, wouldn't it be a fantastic opportunity for all Labour MPs to get photos on picket lines? You would think that would be their, like... That would be great PR for them, you know? Oh, we're like your local MP and we're here to, to support you. Fucking none of that. You know, it's... It is... You know, I, was wa- I was watching um, Pride the other day. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, but it's about the, the minor strike that happened in the, you know, the under Thatcher. And it mm-hmm. was how the LG... It was... Um, Gays and lesbians support the minors. Oh yeah, and yeah. it was their first kind of dip into like kind of like they were supporting uh, these mining towns, and it was the reason that the Labour Party put LGBT rights into their manifesto. And they've been a lot of people tried before that, but it actually got enshrined after that because of the support the LGBT community gave to the Labour unions. Yeah, and it feels as if they've compl- from from that only couple of decades ago i know it's 40 odd years ago but 40 odd years is nothing to have yeah. forgotten your roots in 40 odd years that you are no longer on the side of striking people yeah. on the you know the people that are striking and going hungry and they can't afford the electricity they can't afford the gas but you know, i'm going how do you forget your roots that fast but this this is all you know? down to, this is all down to tony blair though like tony it is like, tony labor, blair yeah pulling Labour to the right, creating that kind of new Labour, kind of neoliberal type thing. They basically were saying they can... And this is why Labour and the Tories, for me, will always just look like the exact same fucking parties. Because you've got... You've got one. You've got the Labour Party who at least try and pay homage to what they were before with the language and the rhetoric and all all of that. But at the same time, they... 100% 100% endorsed the system that the Tories run the government under. So it's like they don't actually think that there's another system and other options. They just think they can manage everything a little bit better than the Tories can. And that's that to me is why Labour has been so weak recently. So like when like Labour haven't really been in in government since like Gordon Brown so it was Tony Blair then it was Gordon Brown and then it was David Cameron and it was like because of the type of politics that Blair and Brown have set up like they've actually put Labour on the back foot because there's no like it's it was fine when they made that jump and then they were actually running the country when they're trying to catch the Tories they can't make the same arguments they were making kind of beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry for the technical glitch there, folks. I don't entirely know what happened, um, but the stream decided to shit itself. 
See, the ghost of Margaret Thatcher coming to get us. <laughs> this, this is this will be really interesting to explain on the podcast. Like for people who didn't see the video, it'll be like, well, oh shit. Okay, it's fine. Anyway, sorry for those technical difficulties there. Don't entirely know what happened. We'll probably need to have like a little music jingle for whenever the the and things happen. When if a stream goes down, I'll just be please stand by. We're having technical problems. Basically, the the propaganda might of the of the British uh, establishment uh, took down our stream there, Joy. That's what happened. That's um, our story, and we're sticking with it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think from a, a political uh, standpoint in the UK, at least, it's been it's been an interesting <laughs> month or two. Like, obviously, w- one thing I'm actually kind of surprised at is how they haven't milked the Queen's death more. And I know that's pretty grim, but like, I honestly thought we'd get like a a longer kind of backlog of queen stuff um and of course like i've not seen anything in the media of like a talk mm-hmm. about coronation or anything Which like I that find weird well see the thing is i'm wondering if they are holding off for the scottish independence supreme court decision um Could one be. of the, so like one of the things is so the coronation was held for the coronation for Elizabeth was sixteen months I think after her dad passed away, so even though she was like proclaimed and everything like that, the actual coronation wasn't till a fair bit later, and I'm wondering if they're wanting to have a drum up of British nationalism around the okay. time that the 2023 referendum would take place. So I'm 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 wondering if that's a thing. Maybe that's their backup plan. They don't want to announce it for. It could six be. Months. I mean, did, did you see Nicholas Sturgeon getting booed by all the royalists when King Charles came to visit? Um, Who? When? Um, for Dunfermline. Yeah, she got majorly booed. Apparently, that was all I was seeing. Oh, the no, I, that she got I, majorly booed. I think that's shit. I I don't think she. I think everyone liked to pass it off as them booing Nicola Sturgeon, but I don't yeah. remember. See, it didn't make news here. Um, but I saw it on Twitter and I saw it on the news here that Nicola Sturgeon, controversial figure of Scottish politics, was booed when she went to meet King Charles because the the sense of monarchy and union is so strong in, in Scotland still. And I remember looking at that and going, mm, that's propaganda. But, um, I mean, it's massively propaganda. It's also really untrue. Because Scotland as a nation is like one of the least pro-monarchy nations in the UK. Yeah. As in, I think uh, the last time there was actually an official poll on it, like the vast majority of Scottish constituencies were under 50% uh, support for the monarchy. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm struggling to, to see... That being the case, I mean, again, the people who would turn out to see the king are obviously going to be more monarchist than yeah others. Because I mean, that's a good point, uh, Adonatello. Uh, Edinburgh booed when um, the guns went off for the for the king's proclamation. Um, that's booed, true as well. Charles. So 
I, I, I feel like it's it's easy to kind of select. Um, but I do think, I mean, it's, it's definitely, at least for people I know, there's a lot more people who are talking quite openly about supporting a republic now. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, there is, there is absolutely, I mean, if, if you think there's, there's two, there's two main things that have come out the past couple of months. On one side, it is the, like, what, what happens to the Scottish economy in the event of independence? I would say now there is a very, very clear, we absolutely cannot sterilize for longer than we have to. We do not want to use the pound because, like, these people are nuts and they will tank the economy and do whatever the fuck they want. So that's one side. The other side of it is, do we really want to get into, like, the fucking frippery of having uh, been part of the Commonwealth and having yeah. a monarch sign off on new laws for our country? Okay, like, nah, nah, no. fuck that. Like, I, I, for for me, the biggest argument against a monarchy is like the actual democracy aspect of it, right? Because a lot, like, a lot of people can make their argument around, oh, the monarchy, lots of money gets spent on them, right? Which is mm-hmm. an okay argument to make. However, making it all about money, you then get kind of bogged down in that bun fight of oh but what about tourism money and blah 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 whereas like from a democracy perspective i don't think that a single family should be able to lobby the government for lands that it owns and get exemptions from laws and then get exemptions from taxes just because of some divine right to rule like because that's essentially what a monarchy is. You're basically saying that this family yeah. has been chosen by by God or whatever to And Church rule. of Scotland doesn't even hold with the divine right of monarchs. It, it doesn't. If we, really want, if we really want to get into it, Church of Scotland does not believe in the divine right of monarchs. Which um, is interesting because the new monarch, King Charles, had to basically state that he would um, ensure that the Scottish that the Church of Scotland would remain independent. So mm-hmm. like that's part of his duty as king is to make sure that there's that distinction. The separation of it, yeah. Um but yeah, I mean I, I think, you know, if you're if you're if you're supportive of a, a a Scottish Republic, um there is actually a campaign group for it called Our Republic. So um actually I'll drop the link in chat if anyone's interested. But it is like specifically for people who want to have a Scottish Republic um, and you can join up if you like. So there's a wee, wee shout out for our Republic yeah. there. Um, but it is, it's a, like an independent Scotland will need to have its own head of state that is separate mm-hmm. from the king. Now, that's not to say that the issue of independence and the, like... We, we should vote on our independence and then we can decide this after. But I would be supporting a republic as soon as possible, I think. Because there's no... There's just... There's no reason for us not to. <laughs> and also, there's a big thing around the people being sovereign as well in mm-hmm. Scotland. Like, if we if we want to go back all the way to like the declaration of our growth and stuff, that was really quite a powerful document for its time because mm-hmm. it was proclaiming that it was the people that are sovereign, not the, not the king and not God. Not the king, and, yeah. 
Because, I mean, um, the, way, the way Scotland views monarchy is a little bit different from... Because we, it wasn't until we became entangled with a lot of the Anglo lines that we started to believe in the divine right of kings. Because it was always the kind of, oh, I'm king because I murdered the most people. It was yeah. never, I am appointed by God, which is, you know, that is a very English, um, the way they viewed the monarchy was, it was, oh, you're appointed by God. In Scotland, it was, oh, I killed 10 people on the battlefield with one swing of the axe. You know, that it's very, it was very much more brutal than that. But I, yeah. I you know, as, um, you know, it was Dragon, I think it was Dragon saying pointed out, it's more honest. <laughs> yeah. I'm in charge because I have the biggest army is better than God appointed me, you know, to me yeah. because it's, you know, that's I mean, God can be on anyone's side depending on who's got the biggest army yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's always that. Every single army's always said that God's on their side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, sorry, speaking to your point, uh, Dragon's Child, yeah, there was a, a report where um, we talked about the kind of transition to a new Scottish currency. Originally, though, the timeline for that was quite lengthy. I think it was mm -hmm. around, it was between six or ten years. I don't know the number directly off my head, but like, <laughs> you could see what they did to the UK economy in the space of like a fucking week. Like, I don't want Scotland shackled to the Bank yes. of England's decision and the the UK government's decision on the economy for a second longer than we have to be. Like, if we could become independent and immediately have a new currency, that'd be grand. Um, to the point where... Originally, I've not been a massive fan of it, but like, I would literally take a direct jump over to the euro than... I was just about to say that. I would prefer the euro than, than hold on to, to what's currently happening. Because... Yeah. Like, and I'm I'm not I'm not a massive fan of immediately jumping to the euro or being part of the euro. I think it'd be good to have our own currency first. But I'm not sure if there's maybe like a deal to be done with Europe in that regard. Um, because obviously there's a transition time for being part. I... I think there's a lot of soft power stuff at work at the moment for the Scottish government. I think if you look at some of the if you look at some of the ministers from like around the EU that cabinet ministers in Scotland are meeting, I feel like there's quite a lot of important meetings taking place at the moment which is very much uh like putting putting the things in place to line up for us for Scotland to join the EU. I, mm -hmm. I, I think it would be relatively frictionless. And I think it's important that we all know that unionists will try and make that as frictionful as possible. Mm -hmm. Like they will go out their way to try and make it sound like uh a bit like a very oh you'll be at the back of the queue, oh you'll have to join the Euro, oh you'll have to get your deficit down, da da da. I think Which many of us wanted to stay in the Euro to begin with. That was the whole reason many people voted not for independence. Yeah, it was like we you know? wanted to be part of the EU. Um, but yeah, I think Scot Scottish pound pegged to the euro might well be possible. That would be interesting, actually, mm -hmm. um, rather than pegging it to the sterling. Because, again, you can see how quickly it can be sabotaged by yeah bad faith actors, really. Um, you know, trust is not to be trusted oh god Yay. that's never been done before not once <laughs> um but yeah it's it's pretty i i don't know i feel like at the moment i'm just kind of spectating um 
the UK and kind of like free fall. And even though people are saying, oh, Labour's going to gain massively, yeah, they probably will. Labour will probably win the next election uh, at this point anyway. I mean, um, Christ, if they lose. But yeah, I was going to say, if they, <laughs> if they lose, they're doing something really bad. But like, the, if they lose. Like, the, the fate, like, it's it's almost like the you know the the time limit is up on the Tories, um, like so the the, the Labour would get in anyway in in my view it would be really really hard for Labour to try and lose this they would have to have they would have to have a catastrophic scandal that actually rips the party in into even more chunks than it already is, um, which I don't know I feel like. Keir Starmer's weird British nationalism will probably hold together a bulk of the party and attract enough Conservative voters that they'll probably just be able to cruise through and, and do it. Um, the I think there was there was a discussion about like the so Labour have gained some seats in Scotland while the SNP have also increased their vote mm-hmm. and there's like a big discussion around that because it's like it's very very clear for anyone who like has seen the kind of polling data from before this is tory voters shifting over to labor um it is not an it's not like labor are swelling up and becoming you know reclaiming scotland because i think that's that's one of the things that we talk about quite a lot um is the entitlement of labor towards scotland and wales to an extent as well um there's always this kind of like dripping sense of entitlement to the votes. Oh, see yeah. if Scotland would just vote Labour, then we would get rid of the Tories. When it's pretty Trump obvious, yeah. <laughs> if you win in England, you win. <laughs> Full stop. Um, it's very, very rarely that um, mm-hmm. that Scottish, Welsh, and Northern Irish votes have actually had a real tangible impact. Uh, but also, you shouldn't be relying on other countries to hold you back from the brink of disaster because your own populace cannot be relied upon to vote for the not eating your face party like it's, it's you know it's that kind of why is it any other country's responsibility for the fact that england cannot stop voting itself into hell like what yeah. why you know and also i just want to point this out really quickly just while i'm talking about things but um as space lad boy was saying you know we are not anti-English at all in this stream. We're anti-Westminster as it currently stands. True. Um, you are fully welcome here. There is no anti-English, you know, um, you know, nothing, none of that here. Everyone is welcome here. You're just not welcome if you're a fucking Tory. That's it. Uh, <laughs> that being that labor. being said, also the football. <laughs> yeah, also and rugby yeah, football. and any sport. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I just wanted to make nah, that very, joke. very clear. When we are talking about these things, we are not talking about English people. We are talking about the harmful policies that are being done by people that are currently in power and who are yeah. also harming England. You yeah, know, I mean, it's not just, is... they're not just harming, you know, Scotland and Wales and Ireland. They're harming English people as well. And like, I mean, I, I'm going to actually try and see if I can find it because I saw something the other day. It was about the austerity measure and I started greeting when I was looking at it. I was just sobbing because mm. the numbers are unreal. Um, give me a wee second but it was to do with the austerity measures and you know the number of people that have been killed under it and you know there was an advert that was um, it, it's spelling state cost lives on Instagram and they ran an ad which was we're not shooting the sick and disabled in the street but but what we're doing gets the same results and that was their mock-up Tory campaign 
And it was um, by 2020, 200,000 people in the UK will have died to austerity. Current numbers as of 2022, um, 330,000 excess deaths in the UK linked to austerity under the Tory government. Yeah. Is is actual is it is monstrous. Is is rancid, and I think that's one of the things that um, again I'm going to pull back to Labour here because I do think that there is a weird a weird thing that happens occasionally when we're talking about um, Scottish independence and like unionism because a lot of the time you get Labour people who are very pro-union saying um, how can you vote for independence a child in Leeds is the same as a child in Glasgow right and I kind of take issue with that on account of it's like the border isn't ever hasn't ever been a barrier for my empathy like yeah it's never, it's never been like, oh, otherwise it would be like, oh, well, my, my care for a kid in France or my care for a kid in, I don't know, somewhere in the Middle East. Um, like, are you, are, where do you draw the line there? If it doesn't, if it doesn't matter on a country basis, like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, you can't just say, oh, well, in that case, your empathy is only limited by your border because that's dumb and it does, it's not how it works. So... That's that's one thing that's always kind of bothered me because it's like it, it also kind of implies that there's people in poverty across the UK that also like don't think the union's working for them. Mm-hmm. Like there'll be people living in England who probably think the current setup of the UK is shit. Like they don't have an English parliament that actually works yeah. for them. They don't have the. They don't. They don't have the proper accountability. Like, I, I don't. Yeah, it, it makes me kind of scratch my head a wee bit because it's like how. There, there is this. Um, there's inference from a couple of Labour people who are very pro-union that the working class across the whole UK think that the union is actually great, and I would. I don't think that is. I actually think I'd begin to kind of challenge that and i think we should start challenging a bit more openly because like mm-hmm. you can see from the you know the strikes like the rmt strikes and things like that across the uk like the union isn't working for people the governance of how westminster is run is not working for a lot more people and you know i think i, I think scottish independence will benefit england to be honest i actually think it could go quite a long way in yeah. Like, I don't want to just say that, like, oh, we would totally show them the way. I'm not saying that. But, like, no. it would force them to adapt to, like, a different system. They would have to they would have to care a lot more about the north of England, for a start. Mm-hmm. Like, at the moment, they can kind of get away with not caring about it at all. Um, I mean, I feel like if we go, a lot of northern England is going, can we be Scottish? <laughs> can we... Can we come with you? I mean, can we take the? Can we, can we you know, make Hadrian's Wall a wee bit longer? Yeah. Um, because it's. I mean, it, we talked about it before. It's absolutely baffling that England does not have its own parliament. Yeah. And then of they course they don't have their was, own separate parliament. You know? And of course they don't have really regional government either. Now they were yeah. offered a Northern Assembly, which was rejected, um, which I think has probably 
probably quickened the downfall of the UK because I think they would have been able to keep it because it was originally a Scottish assembly and it was originally mm-hmm. a Welsh assembly up until very recently, actually. Um, yeah. The Welsh, Welsh government, Welsh parliament's only recently became a thing. It was called an assembly beforehand. And then see outside outside Dynamic Earth in Edinburgh, which is right by the Scottish government, um, it's actually still got funding from the Scottish Assembly on its wee kind of banner, which I find quite interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, I, I do think that there's a, th- there needs to be a change in England. And I think if, I would be really interested if there was a, a vote for the North of England to have a kind of federalised regional government. Um, oh, agreed, absolutely. Whether I, it's like I, obviously the Tories will never support it, um, but at the same time, I also don't really trust Labour to deliver it. No, um, and that's always the thing for me is like Labour always have policies that they like to talk about, but I actually don't trust them to deliver it. They don't follow like, through with it. No, Labour have been saying that they want to abolish the House of Lords for like. 100 odd years 100 plus years in fact i think it was like 18 it was like the 1890s where it was first said we would abolish the house of lords and there have been plenty of governments labor governments between then where which ties uh, back to again where we're talking about how you know progress is slow shouldn't it be that fucking slow (laughs) like it's (laughs) you know there's a difference between oh this isn't moving fast enough for me and we've had a hundred years to try and do something with this but we've actually spent all of our time siding with the people that we supposedly stand against (laughs) yeah you know it's very kind of disheartening to see how far labor has strayed from its origins is you know it's very disheartening i mean labor it should be for the people and it's not you know i do think that there is actually an opportunity for a labor party in an independent scotland I'm not sure if I would yeah. like it to have the same name, but at least the remnants could form something else. Yeah, like they would have to. Like to be honest, I I feel like it. It almost isn't the remnants because that would just be new labour. You would want, you would want something else. Um, but to be honest, I actually feel like that space would be filled by the left of the SNP and the Greens. Um, Probably, like Labour might be able to steer a wee bit more into it, but. I don't know. Um, right, I am depressed <laughs> talking about talking about <laughs> fucking politics in the UK. I mean, fuck knows what this week's gonna like be. I mean, SNP conference has been this weekend. There's been a couple of good stuff, but we'll we'll again wait and see what kind of comes out of it. Um, so, kind of good news story actually was that there was a, a rent freeze passed in the Scottish Parliament. Which is good. Saw that. And yeah. I think we also now have a date for the first reading of the Gender Recognition Act reform bill. Um, Excellent. So hopefully it's just like, to be honest, it's one of those things. If Scottish government get this right and they just fucking bullets through it. We've had, our, we've had public consultations. We've had committees. We've had all that. Fucking rip the plaster off and do the legislation. And... All of a sudden, your kind of gender critical arguments fall to pieces because not really all that much will fucking change, you know. All it, all it, all the bill does is make life a bit easier for people who want to change their gender. It doesn't impact anything else. So many people are <laughs> acting as if it's going to be a compulsory thing that everyone has uh, to do, and it's not. You know, 
Um, it's like, I, I am it's, really it's glad it is going through though. It will make yeah. I, for a lot of my friends, it will make their lives easier, which is fantastic. All about it. It's um, literally reducing the ungodly amount of red tape around a very, very like basic process. Um, and it's a lot of the time it's extremely invasive. So it'll be it'll be good to just fucking to be honest, I actually think it'll move the conversation on. I think it'll still be a thing in England um that are still discussing this, but like Gender Recognition Act reform is key. I kind of hope that on the back of it they then start to look into kind of like non-binary recognition. It would be mm-hmm. cool. I think, again though, gradualist, let's get this one fucking done. And then when, you know, all of the all of the doomsday shit that transphobes have been coming out with, just like, you know, put her out. Nothing will happen. <laughs> yeah. It's not the end times. You know, yeah. it's it's just it's so surreal to see how some of them are just so vehemently against something that will not affect them yeah. at all. Um, and sorry, yeah, last thing on that rent freeze is that uh, landlords in uh, in Scotland have been going uh, mental uh, at the prospect of a rent freeze. I actually find like there's there's been a lot of like screenshots from like landlord scotland group chats on facebook and shit like that and mm-hmm. they are they they are they're nuts like they're actually they're, they're they're nuts like the i mean catch me playing the world's smallest violin for you being a parasite yeah. i mean honestly <laughs> just i do i'm i have zero sympathy for people that make a living off other people's living yeah i just Oh, I can't afford this. Well, you shouldn't own multiple properties then if you can't afford it. Yeah. You and know? like to be honest, even the people who end up being owners from, you know, the death of a relative or anything like that, it's mm-hmm. easy enough to get something on the market. You know, it's not like there's any there's a lack of people looking for like new houses. I mean, I literally have a story. It was my um great auntie died um last week week before i did i met her once she gave me a bag of liquor all sorts that's my only memory um (laughs) but it was it was more my dad's side of the family and it was her family um with her flat and everything else after she passed and it was you know they tried tell no i'm trying to get my family history right here it was my dad's dad's right okay so great auntie twice removed call it that way that's the simplest way i can explain it but cool. when she died, it was a case of, oh, well, we'll rent out our flat and we'll get money for this thing. And it was, they took one look at it for what it would cost to, for rental and all these things. And her kids all went, seems pretty exploitative. I'm not really, you know, like the, yeah, the, the yeah. company kept telling them like, oh, well, but if you do this, you'll make a real good profit. And they're going, right, well, if we have we paid it back, like we don't really want profit. We just want the space filled. And then eventually they realized what they were saying is, Ah, really, we just want to sell it to somebody who'll make it home. <laughs> yeah, that funny was that. The, the realization they came to was basically just, it's really not worth it for us. Yeah. For you know, the, the, for us to make a living off of it, you'd have to be doing horrendous shit that would make your working class self really uncomfortable. And they were looking yeah. at it and they're going, <laughs> you know, we're just going to sell it. We're we're just going to give it to a, a family that needs a flat in this area, and that'll be it. Because it was, exactly. they realised how predatory it was. Because they were getting advice from everybody. Oh, you've got this house that there's no mortgage on it. You could just rent yeah. it and make them in. And they're going, yeah, we could. Looked into it and went, I would rather chew broken glass 
there's there's, um, some, there's some fucking yeah. ghouls on like TikTok at the moment where I think it's actually both TikTok and Facebook, but you see quite a lot of um, like sponsored stuff that is um, like a landlord either offering tips on how to renovate cheap property um, or they do um, they do TikToks where they, they walk through and like there's there's tons in Northern England. You've got London landlords who swan up from uh, London, and then you like they they walk around like in state in the north of England, and it's like I just bought five properties here, and here is what we're gonna do. And they walk around the house and they go, I'm gonna get a hundred and thirty pound a week from that room. I'm gonna get a hundred and forty five pound a week from that room. And you just like we've we've torn all of this stuff out. And you know these people think that they're doing a service because they go, oh well, we're renovating houses and then we're renting it. But it's like you're charging like exorbitant profits uh, or exorbitant rents that are then just profiting you. Um, and you know it's actually it's funny because like on their TikToks they're being really transparent about the mortgage and the cost of it and how much they'll earn on the back of it. And landlordism in the UK is currently being pushed as this like get rich quick scheme. Um, yeah and it's like it's very much a like there's a little bit of like the kind of Andrew Tate attitude in there there's a little bit of the like individualism maybe American individualism kind of starting to eke in it's very it's um yeah so for context if you know if people I I don't think anyone in our chat would be unaware of why landlord landlords doing these renovations are bad um my house is the way it is, is because it was a rental property before we bought it. And they maximised the profit for how many people they could fit into this house mm. with their shitty renovations that have since turned out to be fire hazards, illegal, not up to code, causing mould, electrical problems, all these things. This house that I'm in was a gorgeous 1940s house and it got maximised into a flat where they had one family up here and I think at one point they had two people downstairs because they put in a, they call it a grandmother suite, but really it was being, they were renting out these individual rooms and God knows the profit they must have made to make it worth their while and we have spent the last eight years we've been in this house undoing undoing the damage (laughs) yeah, stripping away everything because every time we find something we go, Jesus wept none of this has been done properly but it was done very very cheaply Mm. With you know everything was painted that wonderful magnolia landlord white color, yeah, um, and it looked very pristine. And we're going great. It just needs decorating, and then you get down to it, and you're going, ah, it's a death trap intended to harbor as many people as possible as cheaply as possible for the maximum price, um, and it's yeah, it's infuriating because we keep having to correct all these things. And I'm going, you could have just sold the house for profit anyway. You could have just sold the house and <laughs> yep. none of this shit would have happened to it. But here we are. This is the darkest timeline. I think um, the, the worst example yeah. of that was actually a flat in Edinburgh that became an Airbnb. And what they did was they, rem- <laughs> they basically ripped out the kitchen and the living room. So the only thing in the property was a toilet and six individual bedrooms for, for, like, yeah. for, 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 for rent throughout the fringe. And uh, the things they were caught and they were dealt with, but it was like, you know, that was like, it's, it's kind of when you see the kind of dystopian, like, pods, uh, like, for sale, you know, you'll, you'll eventually just have, like, a pull-out drawer that will be your bed, and that'll be it. <laughs> so you're saying that, I actually visit, when we were looking at houses, 
there was a house that we were told, oh, it's an eight-bedroom house. And I'm going, an eight-bedroom house? It's tiny. How is that an eight-bedroom? Maybe the basement's huge. And we went downstairs into the basement and there was just, it was like a something out of a saw film. Oh, you walked downstairs and there was just this open toilet at the bottom of the stairs. No. And then you you looked around and I'm going, oh, are they, are they renovating? Because there's, there's plastic sheets up. Those plastic sheets were the rooms. Dividers. Because oh, there were no. the dividers. And it was the mattresses on the floor and they were saying that there were five bedrooms downstairs. Fucking and hell, that that's haunted. I hate that. It was great. We were in that house for all of ten minutes before I went. We're leaving. We're going. It <laughs> looks like a like the uh, you know a set that wasn't used from Saw. Oh and fucking hell! It was. No. They wanted so much money for it. I'm going. This is just awful. Um, <laughs> it's and, incredibly and, fucking cursed. But um, yeah, you were walking downstairs into the basement, going, "Is this a horror film? Oh, people are living down here, and it was just mattresses on the concrete, oh, and they no. were saying, "Oh, it's an eight bedroom house." And I'm going. That's that's not le- that can't be legal. No, but no. it is, you know. That's nah, that nah, nah, nah. Right, okay. On to our kind of final topic of the day, but we may have a little bit of a breather. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Joy, what in the god name is a try guy? What what's a try guy? Uh, a try a try guy is. Um, where do I start? The Try Guys were um, originally part of BuzzFeed. They were editors who did a lot of videos where they were trying different things as a group. Um, there's Eugene, Keith, Zach and Ned, who is no longer part of the Try Guys. But they were kind of like this quirky friend group that started out with BuzzFeed. And then they separated from BuzzFeed to start their own company under the Try Guys label. And they do a lot of... Um, you know, like, try guys try driving while drunk to show why you shouldn't, or try guys try driving while under the influence of weed to show why you shouldn't. Uh, they also do try guys do, um, they do childbirth, where they strap electrodes onto, the, you know, your your parts, and it simulates the pain of childbirth to kind of show what their wives were going through. So they've done a lot of, you know, things like that, where they try different menus and different foods and all these things. And they're fairly popular with a large number of people online. Um, I think it's their their content's definitely aimed for slightly older millennials like myself, because um, right. we grew up with them. That was a kind of, a, you know, for a lot of people now in their 20s, they grew up with them in their teens. Um, right. I started watching them in my early 20s. And I've kind of, I wasn't really paying attention to them for a long time. And then the scandal broke in the last two weeks, three weeks. But um, Ned Fulmer, who is the wife guy, whose entire personality is about, look how wonderful my wife is, I love my wife, was having a affair with an employee of the company. Um, And as also, as Evan Toppy points out in the comments, Zach is chronically ill. Um, He does a lot of disability advocacy. So we love Zach. We love Zach in this household. But... um, The whole controversy is that this he built his entire brand on um, on being the wife guy, the guy that loves his wife so much. Like he's got his wife and children involved in the videos. It's very parasocial. It's mm. very kind of you know this manufactured. Look how great our life is, and it turns out he's been screwing an employee, which is not only terrible in terms of his marriage and also her relationship which, which is now falling apart but also just from an ethical standpoint you know from a power dynamic of her, her him being the boss in the office you know yeah um, and he he phrased his you know his phrasing was i had a consensual relationship in the workplace which is very legalese for don't sue me 
you know. Yeah. Um, like it's it, yeah, it, it's very. There's a lot. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of stuff in it, and a lot of people feel very hurt by it. Especially the other remaining try guys, which are um, you know Zach, Keith, and Eugene, who they just got a you know a TV show with Food Network, and now that deal's been tanked. Um, they're losing. They're bleeding money. They're you know they, they've they've lost revenue from videos that they can't edit or air uh, because Ned's in them because it you know it's creepy things where you see him on camera with the person he had an affair with and he's being blatantly creepy. Meanwhile, his wife is in the background. You know, oh, and no. it's, it's it's very uncomfortable to watch. Like I went back and watched a couple of them. Um, and it's there's a lot of them that you're kind of going like they called themselves daddy a lot and the the, the oh. individual involved was called baby food baby and it was kind of like you could do it once and it's like haha awkward funny and now with context you're going oh don't like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't don't like that but uh, the actual the remaining try guys actually put out a fantastic they've you know um the way they've handled it has been fantastic they have absolutely um, Ned Fulmer was suspended the moment they found out what was happening and they launched yeah. an internal investigation with an agency um, and then they got rid of him they've, they fully removed him, they're buying him out of everything um, and they're handling it very seriously, you know, they've, they've been very much like, we, we know there's a power imbalance and this is not what we stand for Like, mm-hmm. and it's just awful um, and they're also being very respectful of the, the women involved, like Ned's wife, Ariel. They've, they've they've not said anything about her. They're just asking people to be kind. They've also not talked about the employee who was um, party to the affair because they're also trying to protect her from certain things. But they did a podcast um, this week, and <laughs> the way they were talking about it, it was as if they took Ned out back and shot him. Because it <laughs> it was it wasn't just this is the end of a business. It was he is no longer our friend because of what he has done. I mean, like he has is, acted like a sexual predator. He is no longer our friend. Um, like some of the stuff that I've like seen of them is like all all of their wives were like good pals. They were like the best of friends. Yeah, like that's at least from the kind of discourse the past week or two, um, like. I've seen that that like that was basically the whole brand was how like fun and you know pally they all were fun and, and quirky and yeah yeah and um, it's it, it they they have that kind of very kind of um it's a very silly vibe they don't take things very seriously so yeah. to see them handling this so seriously like there was the video where they did the announcement Eugene looked ready to go to a funeral um absolutely just pissed. Zach looked heartbroken and Keith was just everybody's disappointed dad just sitting there just heartbroken. And it was, yeah. they were very kind of just very, like they were very upfront. Like, it was never our intention to hide this. We were going to announce it once we had all the legal stuff in place. But things were leaked to the internet so then they had to address it quicker. And unfortunately yeah. it sounds as though Ned has not been gracious and he's, you know, been threatening. From from the implications I've gotten is that he has not gone, yeah, I fucked up. It's it, It's been more of a kind of I founded this company. I own this. You can't get rid of me. Like that sort yeah. of thing. And I'm going, just be classy. You've been caught having an affair of all places at a Harry Styles concert. <laughs> Fuck. What? You took your employee who you were having an affair with to a Harry Styles concert and you were caught at the concert and in a club. And you're now acting as though you're the wronged party. And How? it's very. <sighs> 
and I, I'm I'm just curious at like how 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 do folk who like have affairs like so like brazenly know. go out on like <laughs> like to big gigs and shit <laughs> like you're you're it, it, not only are you it, famous but like <laughs> you're you, I mean that's just almost boasting and fucking yeah I, I feel really sad for his wife actually because like obviously so do there's, I. if there's kids involved as well kids, it's fucking yeah. 10 times worse but like who his whole brand who his whole personality has been built around is that he's the loving wife and father and he's just completely blown that to <laughs> smithereens you, you can't trust wife guys you heard it here on the ice field well I'm it's so funny it's you. you know it's adam <laughs> levine and um john mulaney and now ned fulmer it's everyone that's built their shtick on i love my wife it's going do you love them or do you love that not they that love much you? <laughs> you know they yeah. don't they don't love the, you know they don't love their wife they love that they have that wife because that wife is a you know a status symbol to them i think i think that's just uh, my uh, opinion of that but well, it's got it's, to be a brand thing right i mean like yeah. you only you only spin yourself as a wife guy if like you're you're essentially <laughs> using your wife as your brand at that point yeah where, yeah which is a thing that we, you know, myself and Mothman, um, for those listening who are unaware, Mothman is the name that Tumblr gave to my, my spouse. Um, we are very much aware that when we post about things that people are going, oh, OTP, and this gives me faith about law. You know, we've had that a couple yeah. of times and we're going, guys, chill. Like, you know, yeah. We're people. You, you've not seen the three arguments we've had this week over, you know, stupid things, you know. And it's, but, you know, our personality is not built on loving each other that is just a side effect of the effect of who we are yeah. um and it's you know it's you know we are very open about the fact that you are only seeing what we choose to post and yeah. there is no such thing as a perfect relationship you can have a healthy one mm-hmm. but perfect is impossible yeah. and the thing is that you know the try guys thing with ned was oh they're the perfect couple they're the perfect father the perfect mother and it was very much a brand. Um, and that makes me very uncomfortable. And the fact that they mm. encouraged the level of parasocial relationship as well, only for him to then turn around and be like, oh, you know, I've actually been having a... I lost focus and had but, a consensual workplace see, relationship. See, is a if, hell of a way to say yeah. things. I, I find... Stating that it's a consensual relationship in your apology statement or whatever the hell... I find that uh, I find the placement of that word really weird, right? Because like essential, I would well just the yeah. the placement of the word in the statement, right? Yeah. Uh, my, I, I would I would almost like to think that anyone who's caught having an affair was caught having a c- consensual affair, like because I would it say it's it's, a, yeah. it's not really an affair if it's non-consensual. It's, if it's consent. Consensual bothers me from a polyamorous standpoint because consensual is what you have when all parties are aware of it. If it is right, okay. not, you know, we call it, you know, we have to call it ethical non-monogamy because cheaters call themselves non-monogamous, you know, and it's like, well, okay, well, we are ethical. Therefore, everyone is aware of it. Everybody consent. You cannot have a consensual relationship if everybody in the relationship does not consent to it. You're just right. a cheater. And he was using the word consent to be like, I didn't force myself on my employee, basically. But yeah. he he's misusing the word. And it pissed off a lot of people in the polyamory community because we're like, that's not how that works. 
Mm. Consensual, you cannot have a consensual affair. That you can't, you know. Um, so it was just, it, there was a lot of things where it would be like, he was saying things to be like, oh, well, um, she was a willing party to it. You could just say, I had a, a work relation. You didn't have to say consensual, but it sounded as though the lawyer was going, you're going to get sued for what you did because this was a breach of employee contract, basically. Um, so just like carefully worded so yes yeah, yes but it made you know it was worded in such a way to be like oh he, he didn't force himself onto her basically but it's still coercion because he's the boss whether yeah. he's <laughs> saying to her you know everyone thinks of coercion as being you know if you don't do this i'll fire you but coercion can also be if you do do this i'll make your career better because yeah. you're giving them incentive to do something they wouldn't otherwise or it's, or it's just the general you know? implication like yeah you know like oh can you can you stay behind after work for half an hour you're my boss you know don't know yeah. Yeah, obviously there, there's stuff there but it's like uh, well yeah sorry boss asked me to stay an extra half an hour and that might mm-hmm. be an extra half an hour where we're in the office by themselves and you know like it might have always been the intent but still like the the power dynamics that are at play in order to set that up um is the is the big one so obviously as you know part of the owner of the company you know he would have been able to basically arrange her schedule and of course if it is you know the star of the video and the owner of the company and the boss maybe directly you know there's there's a massive skew of power dynamics there which is it gets worse too because ned was the hr guy oh for fuck's sake come on yeah, this can't. This can't get worse. He was the HR guy. He was the HR. So it was like, oh, ah, no. that's why they had to have an inter- external investigation done because they couldn't. They couldn't go to Ned because he's the person that did the thing. And um, watching their, you know, I've Jesus. been listening. I listened to their their tripod, their their podcast for the first time in a long time. And is that they what they called it? The tripod. The tripod. Um, and they yeah, were just a trying, they, they, can, they can't say certain things because they're stuck under like um, legal contracts and they're trying yeah. not to defame anybody. But the way they were talking about him was just, they're done. Yeah. And they're actually really happy going forward that he's no longer there. And I was yeah. like, good for you. Because I'm more interested in watching, um, Eugene's obviously a fantastic um, queer creator. You know, he came out through the process of making Try Guys. He came out as mm. gay. The stuff he's done is fantastic. I'm really excited to see what his novel looks like that he's that he's doing. Um, I think he's also doing a screenplay as well. I'm I really like Zach as well. Zach does a lot of good stuff for like chronic illness advocacy, um, and also apparently is writing a TV show. Hmm. Keith is actually a really good comedian. I really like Keith. I think he's you know I some of his food stuff puts me off a wee bit, but that's my I don't really I'm not a fan of mukbang style things. But um, Keith, I'd like to apologise for last week when I was eating on stream. <laughs> no, but you know, that, that's a meal. He does a thing where he goes to a restaurant and he eats everything on the menu. Oh, no. Nah, and you're okay. going, that's not healthy. Yeah. But um, it's, see, I, at least I'm excited got, to got, see where their careers go. And they've got a really yeah. easy rebranding. They are now the Try Guys with an I. And they, yeah, the Try Guys. Uh-huh. They're sorted. No, that's, that's fair. But, um, 
I that was see... the, kind of the gossip I... from this week. And it's my entire feed has just been yeah. people going, yeah, but power dynamics this. And I'm going, that's fictional. When it's in real life, power dynamics are bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did, like, the, the only reason I thought to speak about it today was, like, the... I saw the, the SNL, SNL skit. Yeah. And it was, like... I, I don't think I've ever seen a funny SNL thing, so maybe I I, I don't know. Is it, is it supposed to time. be funny? Like, SNL's supposed to be funny. I don't think it's been funny I, for quite a while. I but, don't um, find last night them, was terrible. Yeah, and to be honest, I actually think it's quite like I, I've seen the three guys, act, like the three remaining guys, get quite a bit mm-hmm. of um, quite a bit of shit in regards to like their reaction to it. Because, like, and th- again, this maybe links back to the kind of, like, celebrity attention and, and all the rest mm-hmm. of it. But, like, to think that they're, you know, they're losing a business partner, they're losing, a f- like, probably a best friend. They've lost a friend. Like, and yeah. all of the, you know, all of the relationship dynamics, because, like, you know, if they, they all have their own partners and they all know, obviously, Ned's wife and kids and all the rest of it, that is, like, fucking messy to try and obviously they'll want to support them but it might be a bit weird to not because it means that yeah to some extent ned will still be it's it's, it's very enmeshed it's very um i don't like the word toxic for it but it feels as though they're too they're too entangled with each other and it's from a business aspect that's not good like even when you and i are doing stuff together like business things for the podcast we're very kind of like this is friendship and this is business like it's yeah. very kind of like we do break them down like i've argued with you as well as being like when um uh, for, for things that yourself and jess are doing um which are surprised we'll talk about later on but it was you know i'll, I'll give you the friend rate and i'm going that's too low i'm upping it by you know <laughs> like please respect what your business is worth based on sure. you know that kind of thing and it's it can be very tricky when you're working with your friends. I mean, I have it even with my editors. They turn around and go, oh, well, we'll give you the friends rate. And I'm going, is that the friends rate? Or are you undervaluing yourself because we're friends? You know, I think so that kind like, of, yeah. To be honest, I actually think when we, if, if like when we do talk about kind of like friends rate, a lot of the time it's because folk like you and me are, well, like on one hand, we're hyper aware and we want people to be valued for their work. At the same time yeah. though, there is that, like, I don't want you not to be able to live. If, yeah. If I, I you know, like, I, <laughs> I want you to be able to, like, still still get your food and stuff like that. So, yeah. Like, there is. I mean, it's, it's the problem that, it, you know, when you don't have a lot of money. I mean, I made the joke a while ago. We're, in my group of editors and illustrators, we're all just passing the same $200 back and forth between us <laughs> yeah. projects. And it's, that's the way it goes. You just fund each other through things. And you you do do things at a discount, but you're still aware of, you know, you have to keep it slightly separate from your friendship a little bit. Otherwise, you end up in situations where your whole business is riding on how your family appears and how your friendship appears. Yeah. Um, and that's not great. I mean, I would hope that if anything ever happened with you and I, we go, right, well, this isn't working. Let's end the podcast before we end our friendship. You know yeah, what I mean? Of course. Like, that would be my goal for that. Um, not saying that it ever would, but it's you know, you have to have that level of awareness to do it. And I think some people don't have that awareness when they start doing these things. I was gonna say to every, um, to every to everyone watching the stream, please look at the links in the chat at the moment. We need to keep the ice fear going as long as possible, otherwise Joy's gonna dump me. <laughs> no, I'm in, I'm enjoying this too much to go anywhere. But um 
it's you, you do have to have that awareness you can't just rely on the fact that everything will always be fantastic yeah i mean um, like it's i i think it must have come up or at least i feel like for the try guys there must have been a point where they have collectively decided what would happen if one of them was to absolutely fuck it somehow and unfortunately which ned has done which which ned has now done but like what i'm saying is pre pre ned fucking up you know like try guys have been going on for quite a wee while right so like there must have been that conversation of like the going is getting quite good we've now started our own company um all the rest of us um and now it's um you know now uh, how do we get the you know there must have been a conversation where it was like what happens if one of us fucks it and they would have went yeah okay like we'll yeah, just have to cut someone you, loose. You, you would hope they have that conversation. Yeah. Um, but it's Whether now looking like did. they almost didn't. Yeah. Um, so going forward, they're probably going to have a lot more. I mean, I think the fact that they did a lot of stuff internally, I think is the problem as well. Like there's, um, I have literally, when I've been working with people, I have gone to outside sources to get contracts written because it's better to have something done that way rather than trying to manage the murkiness of it yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think when you're earning what they were earning from there, because they get millions of hits and views and everything else, I think it, they kind of drop the ball with being actually professional in a, like a, a work environment. Because it's one thing to do um, the the kind of... Um, I'm reading Thunderwolves. The problem is they weren't transparent. I don't think it's not that they weren't transparent. I think it was that they prided themselves on having a um, a work-friendly environment that was very laid back with not a lot of rules. Um, oh, really? That's think... policy-wise. I mean, if he was in yeah. charge of HR policy, fuck those yeah. names right. Because I, I kind of get the feeling it's kind of like... Because I mean, for context, when they first started before they had an actual office, they were working out of Ned's former house. And it was basically just these people in in these four rooms and they were all on top of each other. And it was very kind of casual and very, you know, startup businessy, very small. And when you're in that kind of situation, it can be very like there can be a very definite blurring of lines between personal and work life. Um But it's it can be that kind of I don't think they had very strict boundaries between work and life. And from their mm. content as well, from how much was monetized of their personal life, I don't think they had a very healthy balance between what was work and what was personal. Um, so yeah, that was the kind of... I th- I'm hoping going forward that we'll have someone external to the company managing that because yeah. you do need to have a level of professional distance to make these things work. Or just um, someone especially- who isn't the boss. Like... Yeah, because like each like HR internally in a company has always required that object. And obviously, like pe- people <laughs> should be aware, HR is there to protect the company. At the end of the day, that's yes. like HR's job. So, like, just as a kind of heads up. But at the same time, you do need that slight separation from like HR needs to function as its own entity within the business. If it's if it's one of the if it's one of the extracurricular activities of one of the founders of the company to look after HR, there's a wee bit of a hmm. There's no to answer Thunderwolf's question, it's that kind of there's no distance from it. So if you have a bust up with somebody in the office, you are therefore at the mercy of the boss completely. Yeah. 
Whereas with a, a company that has external HR or even just an HR department who is not the boss, yeah. you have some cushion with that. You have someone to go to. Um, and yeah, it's a conflict of interest. That, yeah. That's essentially what it is. There's no harm with having internal HR, but HR cannot be the boss. Yeah. Also, like, obviously, no idea how big the company is. Like, if it's 20 people. That was 20, right? Fuck. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's definitely. You can tell I know too much about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> just a bit. Literally, like, I refreshed Tumblr there looking for something, and the first five posts are just try guys stuff. And I'm going, ah, I'm so <laughs> glad everyone is living through their abandonment drama through this. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Right. Okay. I think uh, we are probably in a good place to wrap up there. We have yeah. we've tried our best to talk about try it. Nah, I've, I've fucking try puns. Um, right. Uh, if you are in chat, don't go anywhere because, as always, at the end of each stream, we always hang around for an extra 10, 15 minutes afterwards. Um, so it may sound like we're wrapping up, but don't go anywhere. Stay with um, us. Stay in chat. Stay in chat. Um, it keeps us sane. Um, to those of you listening on the podcast side of things, uh, thanks very much for uh, joining. Sorry about the technical difficulties midway through. Um, hopefully I can splice it together so it actually makes sense. Otherwise um, you've just got 10 minutes of silence to reflect. That's, you know... <laughs> that's, yeah, that's your other option. Um, but uh, in that case, it is goodbye from me. And Goodbye, have a good week. And we'll catch you in a bit. See you later, folks. Yep, bye-bye. bye-bye.